Hi, this is uh, Ross Payton with Role Playing Public Radio, episode 18, the 4th Ed Rundown. 4E Rundown. I never get tired of that voice, man, and well, until you've done it, like, for about two seconds, and okay, it's awesome, now you stop. Okay, so two seconds, so... About two, just long enough for you to introduce the episode, I think, is about right, then it's time to, time to pull that boat over to the side. Okay, let's see. Speaking of boats, uh, you might oh, be wondering yeah, why uh, this episode's a little late. Uh, actually, last month, a couple weeks ago, I went on a trip. I managed to... Hey, Ross, well, why don't you tell our listeners where you went? You know, Tom, you should be lucky that I'm not dedicating this episode to the recreational activity that I did at that trip, which is scuba diving. I went scuba diving in the Cayman Islands, which is an incredible, life-changing experience. Yeah. It, yeah, seeing yeah, the yeah. wonders of the ocean, the yeah, coral Ross, reefs. Yeah, Ross had to go wash some of his drug money in the Cayman Islands. So. Well, the banking is a legitimate industry of the Cayman Islands. It has nothing to do whatsoever with anything I did there. I was solely there to... Enjoy the scuba diving-related activities. And get six innocuous packages through customs. No, no, Tom. I don't know what you're talking about. Any legitimate authorities here listening to this, they... The six, uh, like, the six blue boxes wrapped in uh, wrapped in silver duct tape with, is a, with, like, with the Spanish markings on it. No, that, that was for my scuba equipment. Yeah, my fins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have my fins for... I have the serial numbers on the boxes if you want to look them up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, scuba diving is great, and uh, it's incredibly re- relaxing. You're floating, you s- and the Cayman Islands, the water is perfect, you know, 80 degrees, even when it's, uh, uh, you know, 100 feet below, no thermocline, really. It's really nice. So as long as, Well, as long as you're not a, you know, paranoid you know, nut job who's worried like, oh my god, the shark's gonna get me. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I didn't god. even see a shark, Tom. The Cayman Islands, it's sort of like the uh, the the safe part of the the Caribbean Ocean. Like, well, you know, they're, they're, like there are those tiny fish that like they'll they'll swim into your into your penis and eat it. That's the Amazon River, Tom. They can live. You know, this is the kind of thing people are concerned about when they think of scuba diving. Well, you the, maybe. the nut jobs. Well, you can get a wetsuit if that concerns you. Wetsuits, you know, can protect you against such things. I know that, Ross. Well. I think I like sea creatures a little more than you do. Well, uh, how many of you actually got to see, you know, in their natural environment? I'm more passionate about them than you are. Ew. That's, uh, that's kind of gross, Tom. That's wrap, real. wrap your mind around that little no, statement. No, no, thanks. Do it. No, do I'm, it. I'm a normal person. Come on, do it, Tom, Ross. you're free. Do it, Ross. What, Anyways. Wait, wait, what was uh, that? What was that, Ross? What'd you call me? <laughs> um... So yeah, scuba diving is a great activity. But the people here are not here to hear about your weird things, whatever those are, Tom. They're here to hear about gaming, and we have some gaming stuff. Of course, we're going to be going to Gen Con in, I guess, 11 days from now. It's starting up, and uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome and incredible. Uh, I'm going to be, we'll have some uh, postings with uh, where I'll be, at least for some of the point. I'm going to be at a podcasting panel discussion. Uh, be running two games of monsters and other childish things, and uh, who knows what else we'll be doing. So we'll keep you posted. Uh, I'll probably be wandering around the dealer room, a complete loss of all directional skills. Yeah. Until you know, until finally I can walk no longer, and I stagger toward an exit, and look up at somebody and just say, "Pray for me." <laughs> all right, Tom. Uh, we also have a new digital little field recorder, the Zoom H2, which is a neat little gadget. So we'll be getting some interviews. Some Ross was not paid by the company to plug. No, the just buy it on the Amazon. Click on he our link. He loves it and so go. much. He's doing a free ad for them. No, well, it's not really an ad. It's just a neat gadget. So we'll be having all kinds of neat stuff, live recordings from Gen Con. Yeah, and stuff. Chances so. are, I'll even be in, involved in an interview there, so you can you can hear. Yeah, my we'll ear. we'll try and set that up, and we'll have some. Uh, RPPR swag for anyone who shows up there. Uh, so you, we so got you some nice interview. little surprise yeah, for the So you'll hear interviews, you know, such exciting questions like, so you think, um, Ross, help me out here. What? <laughs> and I'll be too busy giggling watching Tom die in the interview. So, so then I'll have fun. to resort to what I normally do and just say fuck. Yeah, anyways. I'm sure the company representatives will love that kind of publicity. Actually, gaming, yeah, I, I think they would. Yeah, true. Speaking of interviews, we just did uh, I just did an interview with the uh, Goodman Games' Adrian Pommier, who's organizing the Dungeon Crawl Classic Tournament. Did you get a chance to listen to that, Tom? 
No, no I didn't, no. Ross. Yeah. And uh, he's talking about that, what kind of nasty surprises they have and check for people there. They're going to have 160 players, uh, 40 teams, and it's most of them are going to die in the, in, the, in the dungeon that they're running. And God bless them, too. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So uh, I look forward to hearing the results from that. Uh, also, if you're interested, you should listen to the uh, interview so you can get an idea of what to expect if you're one of the unlucky or lucky, brave few adventurers to enter the dungeon. Uh, let's see what Are else. you one of those adventurers, Ross? No, I didn't sign so up no for that. No one wants to hear your, your opinion. No, the 160 people, I would assume, would. Yeah, because they're all there to hear what you have to say about it. Well, I interviewed the guy. They have some survival tips in the interview, Tom. Oh, do they? Yeah. Huh? Which is that. what? Which is what? Bring money? No, don't be stupid. And bring money. Well, I, I, I wouldn't know. Well, if like, you're going to Gen Gun, you should bring money. Yeah, well, to buy crap. Cool crap. Yeah. That you can buy elsewhere. It's, but not, just buying... con- it's not just a convention. It's a bazaar. Yeah. Yeah, it truly is bizarre. Yeah, yeah, let's play on words. Anyways, that's awesome. Uh, of course, uh, this is also summer movie season. We've been watching some of the big blockbuster hits, and but really, we're only really concerned about one here now, aren't we? Yeah, the, yeah, I know the one movie that's been defining expectations all throughout the world that has just caused audiences around the world to go nuts. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. I was talking about the X Files. Ugh. Well, okay, that sucked too. <laughs> Which I haven't seen, but I've read. I, about. I've seen it. I've read spoilers on the internet, so I've basically S- seen it. Save your money. Yeah. Don't don't watch it. Yeah. It's not even it's not even a mediocre episode. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad, and I haven't even seen it, but I know it's bad. So, uh, oh, but oh wait, no, there's that other movie, that little um, indie movie that that yeah, uh, that one with the guy. Yeah, the other guy. And the other guy that yeah. the guy that died, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, the dark. Dark Knight Return, or The it's Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, yeah. The Dark Knight. Um, um, well, okay, I pulled some strings and got into the little shitty theater to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, wow, what an awesome movie. It's oh, a, God. It's not perfect, I think, honestly. Um, my big, It is a little too long, and the whole last act with Harvey Dent was a little sped up, could have used a little more breathing room. But... All of that is immediately thrown to the side when I think of the Joker. Yeah, Joker was pretty pitch perfect. Oh yeah, um, kind of. You the- know what would be interesting? I read uh, someone in the Film Spotting podcast describe well, the movie would be just as interesting, even more so, if it ended with the Joker escaping with his head out the police car. You know, yeah. at an hour forty five in. Think about that. I mean that that would be an interesting movie as well. But anyways, yeah, the Joker phenomenal. Uh, the new Hannibal Lecter, uh, sure to cause countless fanboys to imitate him and quote him. It's too and... late. Every time my friend Andy calls me, we we each answer the phone with a Joker quote. Yeah, that's so. It's going to be beaten into the ground by forever. By the end of August, it's going to be dead and tired and cliched, but still done. Yeah, because it still will get laughs. Yeah, like uh, Tony Stark building something in a cave with a box of scraps. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. He could that. be he could build anything. That's true. In a cave with a box of scraps. And if him and MacGyver got together. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. Sequel. Yeah. yeah. Crossover yeah. sequel. So yeah, Dark Knight. Uh obviously great gaming movie, all kinds of great stuff you can rip off from it. Um Did you ever notice yeah. that no matter what kind of game you're in the mood for, you watch a movie like that, it immediately changes. Yeah. So you'd be like, I am re- like, I am ready for a good investigation game. You, you, you walk, you walk out of that. It's like, oh my god, that was awesome! Must do this. Must do it. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting discussions on one of the email lists I'm on the Delta Green email list, which is a modern day Call of Cthulhu thing, is the Joker as an avatar of Nyar Lothotep. <laughs> Nyar Lothotep of obviously the Messenger of the Outer Gods, the Great Old Ones, uh, sort of the Lucifer trickster figure of the Cthulhu mythos. Uh, has a thousand or one avatars, uh, likes to trick humanity into dooming itself. And, uh, yeah, Joker, uh, that fits Agent in pretty well. Chaos, yeah. yeah. You know, one thing I thought about the movie that I, I'm wondering, the Joker lies, right? He oh, lies yeah. a lot. So what, you know, at the end, uh, spoilers for the five of you who haven't seen it, um, 
the end scenario with the two ferry boats, which could have been a movie in of itself. You could mm-hmm. have started a spinoff movie, you know, with those ferry boats. Anyways, you know, each boat has the the detonator for the other boat, right? Yeah. What if the Joker lied and set the detonator to their own boat, to so that when the people think they're going to kill the other boat, that they just kill themselves? Always a possibility. In fact, considering how the Joker lied about Rachel uh, and Harvey's locations, because he knew what the Batman was going to do, so he lied to Batman, then, uh, yeah, he um, he could totally have lied to those people. Of course, we'll never know, since the people do the right thing and don't kill each other. Yeah. So. Yeah, imagine that. Well, it is a superhero movie. Punisher would just kill them all. Not 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 people on a boat, but no. He you know he would. What is it? Why do you have to bring up the Punisher, Tom? Because I do, Ross. Because you're just so jazzed over that new movie that's coming out, right? Hoping that we're actually going to get to get some actual killing in it. Yeah, that it makes me happy, Ross. Yeah, imagine that. It makes me happy. Yeah. Why can't you be happy for me to be happy? I don't know, Tom. Something about you. I... When I show you nothing but love. No, you don't. You show uh, me nothing uh, but contempt. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't care what you think. Yeah. See, Tom. That's that's the Tom I know. And sorry, I got a little fucked up there. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, the X Files are can do that to you. Yeah. You actually saw it. I know. You know, we've yeah. been talking for like twelve minutes now, eleven and a half minutes, and we haven't even talked out the subject that we are supposed to be talking about. Which well, we is mentioned it. Well, we mentioned it in the, t- in the title of the episode. Yeah. So why don't we talk about that? Fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons here at Roleplay Public Radio. We are bringing you the cutting edge of gaming, <laughs> a game that came out over uh, a month and a half ago. We're now getting around to talking about. Well, your books didn't arrive till recently. Yeah. I was... Then you went on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So I sat here with your books in your apartment, taking care of your lizard and your turtle. Yeah. Reading the books, watching shitty TV. Wow. With, with. You Mif- could have taken what? bar of my books and just gone to your house. Well, or... I did, but I had Mafune on me the whole time. <laughs> okay. All right. I couldn't. I I could have taken him home. I'm sure my mother and my cats would have loved that. No, the cats would have eaten him. That's true. Yeah, and then I would be angry because you would have let my. Yeah, anyways, that, that, that would not be nice. So, 4th uh, edition, what's uh, your overall impression? Well, if I may borrow a line that uh, Yahtzee has used from Zero Punctuation. Yes. A resounding, eh. All right. Once again, I must this, this review will be balanced out by the things I liked and the things I didn't like. Okay. And for me, the things I did not like outweighed the things I did like. Okay. Of course, you're, you, you've never been the, the biggest uh, D&D fan, to be fair. In the with interest cert- of disclosure. Yeah, well, in depending on the group I'm with, I have, I have had nothing but good experiences with most of the games you've run in it. Well, the 3X stuff. Yeah. So, with you, if you suggest, hey, I'm going to run a D&D game, I'm, I'm there. Right. If some other people I know run them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to... Um, do something that isn't playing games with you. <laughs> okay. Is, yeah, that's You're kinda, picky. I go for experience. If I have bad experiences with a GM or a player, right. it sticks with me. Okay. Fair enough. That's actually a good, you know, bad gaming is worse than no gaming. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, but, you know, anyways. I'm sure there were things you liked and didn't like. Overall, 4th Ed does what it wants to do very very well combat which is, which is, is combat, much better combat traps and skill combat traps and skill challenges which mm-hmm. is their the miscellaneous tri- the trifecta yeah um the problem is is if you try and step out of that boundary it becomes very much very undefined i mean there's like nothing there everything a character a character is defined in D&D almost solely by their combat powers mm-hmm. and all the different powers you can choose are almost all combat powers so you for me running a 4th ed game is going to be a lot different than running a 3x game where a 3x game I think of the story I think of the environment in this I'm going to be thinking about what type of fights do I want to run and so it feels like uh, you can't, it wants to put you in that box, that little, you know, do combat from point A to point B 
type dungeon crawl very much. And if you try and get out outside that box, you're basically going to have to wing it. Which mm. for, you know, a little... I could understand for some generic game that's written by a single author, but this is D&D that should have better support for non-combat stuff. Abilities and powers and skills and whatnot. So... And again, of course, both of us are going to be a little off of it because, as Tom said, we're used to 3.x. And I remember back uh, in the day when I was switching from 2nd edition to 3rd edition, I felt a little off-put at first because I felt I was so used to 2nd edition and, you know, power gaming the hell out of it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, uh, skills of, and powers. Fan of Thacko. Yeah, well, let me just tell you, skills and powers, oh my god, that was the munchkin dream. <laughs> Did you ever see that book? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever look through it or anything like that? You, you have any more more as a uh, more as a reading thing than as right. research. Skills and Power is the second edition D and D book where you could customize characters, build your own kits, and basically build a a wizard with healing power or a cleric with death strike or you know any number of things. I mean, you could basically min max your character so that he could kill anything, you know, and that was fun to engineer precisely built death machines with it so uh <laughs> can't imagine you doing that at all yeah exactly and so when three ed came out and i was like eh, i don't like this this is kind of weird ac goes up what the hell is all that about i don't so i remember that same sort of feeling of discombobulation and fourth ed obviously i'm feeling a little reminiscent you know experience right so Part of my fourth ed experience, I'm I'm sure I'm going to grow into it a little better. I'm just slightly disappointed that they focus so much on combat. I mean, I understand combat well, that, is that a part. That's one of the biggest part. That's probably is the biggest part of it. Yeah, but it's not all of it. No, it's a big part, but not the the entirety. Yeah, yeah. and like ninety percent of the rules all deal with combat. At least ninety percent. I would I mean, say at least. Yeah. Yeah. Every monster is defined by their combat. Everything is defined by what their role is in combat. And so it's not even really a role-playing system as it is a board, as a war game. A miniature war game. Yeah, extremely elaborate. Or a strategic RPG, like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics or Battle Ogre or Operation Darkness. (laughs) Can't go one episode without mentioning that, can you? Well, it was only one episode ago that I mentioned it originally. But you're going to keep mentioning it. I guess. It's a Werewolves fun game. and bazookas. Punching panzers to death. So, uh, fourth ed. Anyway, so that's my overview. Uh, we did run... I've run. I've played several games of it. Uh, I've also run one yeah. game of it. The, uh, Tom's... I've, I've been in one game. The one I ran. So, Tom, why don't you talk a little bit about your experiences playing it first? Well, first of all, I will be... I am man enough to admit that I was rolling for shit. Mm. So, I'm pretty sure that influenced my experience. I'm pretty sure that if I was rolling extremely well all night, I would have a much more positive spin on it. As it was, I didn't. I know that's going to affect it, but I made the mistake of choosing a the fighter with the defender, spe, you know, speciality. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a whole lot of defending going on. So well, you were actually no, you you were defending well. I mean, they were attacking you instead of uh, the wizard or anyone else. I mean, you're you're. Job is I wasn't attacked the most. No, but you did take a lot of hits. A lot. Yeah. And the healing surges, I kind of—that's interesting. I kind of like that. Yeah. But that's kind of like just, hey, let's just give everyone a healing spell. Yeah. It's kind of just, why can't we? Do, you know, why can't it just be everyone gets a healing spell instead of a healing surge? Well, honestly, that my biggest thing about playing is that they've had this thing where, oh, we wanted to fix the problem in previous editions where. Players would basically have one fight, then rest to recover all their spells. You know, or so the wizard and cleric could recover mm-hmm. all their spells. You would seldom push a party to where they were out of everything. And in fourth ed, they were trying to make it, you know, trying to have several encounters before the characters could rest. But you guys, you know, you had two fights, then you said, we're going to leave and retreat and go, but, you know. Well, we almost kind of had to. Actually, uh, given how easy the last fight was for you, you really didn't. Well, none of you really used well, I, any I, of your no, daily not, Okay, not it turned out that we needed to, but it really seemed like we needed to. Right. But, I mean, you, you could have easily beaten that last fight without retreating. I mean, I don't think any of you really used up any of your daily abilities. Did but, you use your daily abilities? No, mine, mine was a defense thing. 
Right. So, I mean, you and none of the characters really. I mean, they used encounter powers, but that's it. I mean, um, so you still have that same problem where the characters are always going to retreat and heal up to recover their daily abilities and their healing yeah. surges. Another thing I didn't like was really, to me, the whole progression was roll a die to strike, roll damage. Yeah. That was it. That was all I did. Right. And maybe occasionally, like, well, do I have any, do any of my few powers here help? No. Well, roll the strike again. Right. Um, and it was almost, it almost kind of got almost boring just waiting for your turn to come back to roll your die. Yeah. There is a lot, I think, even you might say too much randomization, too much uh, dice rolling, mm-hmm. which might, oh my God, what am I saying? But when every ability requires you to roll a d20 against some target number, against some defense, uh, you know, when you can't even say my magic missile does five damage, you can't just roll the damage and say that's what my magic missile does. It no longer auto hits. Uh, I don't know. It is. Plus, the, the the main reason, of course, the reason why there's so much randomization is the monsters have so many more hit points. Mm-hmm. You know, the the level one. I, I couldn't believe those kobolds were taking so much damage. Yeah, they have about thirty hit points on average, which is nuts. I, I had thirty one as right. a first level character. Right. They have. They've balanced, that was a dragonborn. Right. They've balanced it so that most monsters will have equivalent or near approximately the same number of hit points as a level one character. Level one monsters have the same much. I, I haven't looked at it scaling upwards. But, of course, you do have the the minions, which only have one hit point and always die whenever they're mm-hmm. hit by something. But it, it's kind of weird um, to have these uh, monsters. Because, really, the monsters, you know, having those additional hit points doesn't really add an extra level of danger. It just adds another few rounds where you're trading down, trading hit points, mm-hmm. I, I felt like. Because the kobolds, I looked at their stats, and I was like, well, what can I do to these guys? Oh, well, they only have... You know, stab with spear. And the slingers only have the glue shot or the normal shot, which uh, doesn't. The glue shot immobilizes a character, which keeps them from moving, but doesn't keep them from attacking, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you guys know, I was running Kobold Hall from the back of the Dungeon Master Guide, which is basically five combat encounters in a row. I ran three of them. I skipped the second and the fourth one. So. And I modified them a little, like I added a scorpion to the level one uh, and removed one of the kobolds from the first fight, and I changed the layout of the rooms. But uh, yeah, I know it, yeah, there didn't seem to be much much need to flesh out your character. Yeah, well, I mean, any I mean, okay. I, well, first of all, I do, I think anyone who writes a full page history of their D and D character, is yeah, missing kind well, of the point at but, level one, yeah. But in this one, more than three point three point oh three point five. It's just, I'm a dragonborn who's a fighter. That's all you need. That's all you should have. Right. Well, that's, and, and to me, that's yeah. not the way I like to do things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's D&D, though. I mean, D&D has always been like that. But 3.5 and 3.0, you could. Well, I, This one it doesn't, almost seems like you really can't. At least with this one, this one, I, this one I was right. involved when, with. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 is, it is kind of interesting. Running the game... Uh, I'll tell you, uh, is a little different from playing the game because you obviously you're managing a whole team of monsters to attack players. I mean, they really discourage the single monster versus all the players, uh, which you know kind of makes sense in some ways. They do have solo monsters, which are basically dragons uh, in the DMG or the monster manual, and but usually you have you 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 like for example level one encounter for five characters is worth 500 experience points. So you buy 500 experience points worth of monsters and send them at the players, but you're not supposed to send, you know, like a level five monster by itself is worth 500 or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to send a level five monster against them because their, their target numbers are too high. I mean, their AC and their defenses are too high. So you get five kobolds, each one worth a hundred points. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I did basically, and I so I switched. I won the kobolds for a hundred experience point, uh, scorpion. Yeah. So it does feel like a skirmish war game with miniatures because you're just looking at your options and you're trying to get flanking combat advantage and uh, using abilities and things like that. But it, I mean, honestly, this isn't even the best. Um, I would say uh, execution of D twenty combat. The best version of d20 combat i've still seen as iron heroes 
because for one thing, the encounters per day and daily uh, daily abilities, while an improvement over third ed, I think in in general, I think it's still kind of arbitrary to say fighters have to can only use a groin punch once a day or a groin punch once every fight. Wow, what the hell? What's up with that? Yeah, I mean. Hell, on, just, on a good day in middle school, I hit someone in the groin at least once. Right, right, or any other you know special abilities, but whatever. My problem is, I think I liked it better in Iron Heroes, where characters would basically build up tokens or points by doing executing basic attacks, and whenever they wanted to, they could cash in those tokens to execute special maneuvers, which makes sense because it represents you know your character building up a flow in combat, and then. You know, after sizing up your opponent, you unleash a devastating attack at the right time. So that that's more organic. I feel that's better represented or represented in uh, more cinematic, more interesting than generic. You get so many encounters, wep- you know, abilities per day. Plus, I think uh, my problem with all these abilities, you know, at will, encounter, and daily is that you have to. You can't. Rec- it's hard to record them all on your character sheet. You need to print out additional stuff to say, "Oh, your ability does this, or your ability does that," or you have to keep checking the player handbook. Yeah, there was a lot of checking in the yeah. book. Now, every basically every character is sort of a, you know it used to be in third ed and per- previous editions that only the spellcasters had to keep looking up the book to find out what their powers did. A fighter and a thief were like, "All right, I, I stab him. All right, he's dead." And uh, <laughs> or, well, I have this feat. Yeah, I'm using this. Feature. But now everyone has to look up their abilities. Everyone's basically got a spell list and a lot of different spells that they can use, which, you know, it makes it fair for everyone. But I don't think every player wants to have all that management, you know, no. to do all that bookkeeping. You, so. you, you don't play a fighter for bookwork. Yeah. I mean, you want to be the big guy. I, I swing the axe. You want who wants to keep it simple. And um, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what the third party well, companies turned out. I think I'm going to reserve the rest of my judgment until I've run an actual campaign. Yeah. Because, to me, with D&D, half the fun is the build-up to the combat. Yeah. Is getting is like getting the information, finding out what we need to do, preparing for it, getting there. Yeah. All that, all that kind of stuff is the shit that I play D&D for. Yeah. Then there's the dungeon crawl, which is... In some cases, like, oh, okay, now we got to do the dungeon crawl here. Yeah. But, you know, right group, that can go well, too, obviously. Right. Well, we were never really the, the dungeon crawl, dungeon crawl, where we would map out, check for traps every 10 feet, and I would describe every chamber. I mean, it, once I realized how boring that was for all of you, I just like, all right, you, you go through the dungeon for a while. Oh, you come across this chamber. Here's the yeah. next fight. What was that, you know, whatever the, that system we ran, we were, we were playing a organization. Rain. By yeah. Greg Stoles. That was almost, think, that was more our group style. Yeah. That was very open-ended, and you basically described what you wanted to do. I'd say, uh, I'm going to sabotage the... Or describe something your character did in Rain once. Like, uh, it was... Uh, you were basically a kobold running the kobold mafia. Yeah. yeah, we did a lot of recruitment of groups we encountered. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, that's not real... Okay, well, okay, I guess in the fourth, we did have a few opportunities to get some people to surrender, but certain members of our group wouldn't hear of that. Yeah, right. Um, but that's true. Recruitment, recruiting an en- enemy or de- uh, negotiating with them. I mean, technically, you can do it with skill challenges. Um, but the way skill challenges work is basically you say, all right, I'm going to use, you need to get three successes or and avoid two failures. So you just keep making skill checks mm-hmm. in related areas. Your entire team does until you win or you lose. And, you know, that's a pretty dry way of doing it. I mean... Uh, recruiting an enemy also there I'd be like I cast charm person or I use my diplomacy or blah well, blah blah blah, blah. And, I, and of course in diplomacy the, I like I like using that because yeah you can make make a role but I like you I like especially what you do is like yeah but you kind of have to tell me what you're saying to this person not you can't just go right I succeed I mean and you know of course the defenders of fourth are gonna say well you can still do that in fourth that and obviously but I feel that the system's rules and theme and settings and whatever they write influences what type of game you run. It seems it almost seems fourth ed needs almost just a supplement for social stuff, for non combat stuff. Yeah, it almost needs another book for that. Yeah, is what it seems to me. I mean, not just you know talking to people, negotiating like uh, a race. I mean, how would you can't really run a race? I mean, you could say yes, a skill challenge, an athletic skill challenge. I mean, but that's kind of to say, oh, you roll three d twenties. 
and that depend that determines if you lose or win. And you know that that feels kind of dry to me. I like a whole athletic things where uh, you know in the Iron Heroes game I ran. Uh, I keep going back to that. Uh, they had a tower climbing contest, and they had all these different obstacles they had to go over the tower and things like that. And uh, it just felt very organic to do it in there. So yeah, I don't know. Um, also, to me, yes, and I know they're going to be supposed to be coming out, but a lot of my favorite classes weren't in there. Yeah. Druid, I like bards too. Yeah, you know, monk. I I like to play those occasionally, but druid especially is my favorite class because you can shape shift. Yeah, I like that. But <laughs> I, I admit that. Okay. But it's it wasn't in there, and I say, well, just like you know, there's like you said, there's fan like there's fan classes of it, and they're gonna officially bring it out. Like, great, not there now. Well, I mean, if you had told me that you wanted to really play a druid, you could have... No, I wanted to play 4th Ed with this material the book was giving. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Because we were also playing it to review it right, right now. True, true, good point. Um, Probably the next game we do when we're not doing a one-shot, or if we're doing a, or a better one-shot, a more involved one that we kind of make ourselves. Right, right. I'll probably enjoy it a little more. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was, uh, to be honest, I was doing a pretty... I basically said, all right, you guys uh, are hired by the Red Dragon Capo to go kill these kobolds because they're not paying protection. But then, of course, we do our thing, that and that goes, like, we kill seven of the messengers before they finally just send a dragon. Yeah, right. I mean, I was basically, we're, we're starting out with a fight. We're okay, just doing fights. That's player jackass. Right? Yeah, yeah. We were all being and jackass. You, you, you cannot run a game without it. Yeah. And also, I cannot run a game and keep initiative in the right order unless it's because uh, I we, we have the the game recorded. We'll, I'll post it soon. And I was just horrible at uh, recording the uh, mm -hmm. keeping track of who was going next initiative. I don't know what it was, but well, there are also things I did like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we should definitely talk about that. Okay. For me personally, I like to play monster classes, like monster races. That makes it a hell of a lot easier to do that. That's true. They really boiled down every race is plus two in two different attributes, uh, some flavor, and also an encounter ability. So yeah. the Dragonborn, they also have, uh, the Monster Manual has Kobolds, Gnomes, Warforged, all this stuff. Yeah. I love that. That I'm so glad they did that. Yeah, because the third ed version sucked. I, I, I'll, mm. that Straight up, it sucked. Yeah, it did. So, um, The ECL shit. Yeah, the ECL. Yeah, I'm a level five troll. Whoop de doo. So yeah, then Savage Species came out where you can actually level yourself level level yourself up. Well, yeah, that's what I was talking about. But so. shit, why why bother? Yeah. So all right, that's that's good because they're always weaker than just normal characters. The mm -hmm. way it worked out, they had fewer hit points. They just sucked. Um, so yeah, that was a flawed uh, implementation of the rules. Uh, one thing that I, I find very interesting is obviously Third Ed had the OGL, the Open Gaming License, mm -hmm. where anyone could use it and create their own open gaming product. Uh, so we had all these, you know, plethora of D twenty systems that came out, yeah. like uh, Spycraft, oh, Mutants yeah. and Masterminds. My one of my personal, well, my yeah. personal fave. And you know, it was just. Of course, there's a lot of crap released, like the Erotic Book of D twenty Fantasy. Or, oh God. Yeah, uh, but. You know, we had all this stuff. Now, for 4th Ed, they've... Um, Wizards of the Coast has released what they call the GSL, the Game System License. And if you've... Re have you looked at it, Tom? Have you read it? Have you had a chance no, to No, I, I haven't yet. All right. It is restrictive, shall we say. I mean, you have to sign a letter and mail it to them saying that I agree to this. They can yank your license. They can yank your... Uh, rights to use it. You can't convert it to another system. So if you write something in 4th Ed GSL, you can't make a 3.5 version of it or a Pathfinder version for it or a GURPS version of it or whatever else. So, uh, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in there. Now, what's interesting is apparently U.S. copyright law does not prohibit people making compatible material for any game system out there. You cannot, say, copyright a game and say no one can create supplements for it. That's why there's so much stuff out there for Risk or for there are different versions of Monopoly or whatever else. So this is true. Um, like Kinzer, uh, Companies are starting to release stuff without Wizards of the Coast permission, just saying this is compatible with 4th Ed, Dungeons & Dragons. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so they're ignoring. They're not signing the GSL. Kinzer and company has already done this with their Kingdoms of Calamar setting. 
Necromancer Games, you've, you're, mm-hmm. yeah, they've announced that they will not go GSL. And Green Ronin, I believe, is not going GSL. So you have three prominent game companies all saying we're not going to follow you know, Wizards of the Coast rule, you know, what they want. So I find it very interesting to see what's going to happen. Uh, it'll be this, it'll be a shit to watch. Yeah. So you can release whatever you want for any system technically and get away with it. Uh, of course, like Kinzer and Company was the first to do that, and their founder or their CEO, uh, David Kinzer, is an intellectual property lawyer. So obviously he kind of knows what he was doing. Oh, yeah, that's safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you might, if you're just a layman, you might want to be a little cautious about saying what. Is what obviously you can't use any of their trademarks, any of their um, symbols, you know, any of their uh, like the GSL. If you use the GSL, you can use a little code or a little logo that's that shows that you're GSL compatible. You obviously can't if you're not signing. So, very interesting. I mean, any thoughts on that, Tom? Or, well. I usually like I I have this thing I if I make a game a system or a setting or a scenario I'm never thinking about publishing it my only usually just my only thought is will the group I run I run with like it that's I kind of just make games solely almost to run with my group but only occasionally do I think you know most of them around you do I start to think that should I try to publish this right. Right, and then I crush your hopes and dreams by crit- critiquing them, right? No, actually, you've been fairly pushing me, like, Tom, just submit something. Come on. That's true. That's true. Because I want to see you crushed by a third party. No, 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 really. I, I'm supporting... You don't want to see me crushed by a third party. <laughs> you want to crush me. Yeah, well, setting up to knock It's like out. punching out an eight-year-old. Yeah. That's Satisfying, right. yes. So we're we're getting off topic, but uh, it will be interesting to see what's going to be happening, what's going to be released at Gen Con. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I'm pretty sure a couple of people will be talking about Fourth Ed there. <laughs> yeah, a couple, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe so, the like, Wizards you know, will show. We'll up. have to find the table where they sit. Yeah, yeah, the one table. I, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to have. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have uh, uh, quite a bit of stuff that. Uh, of interest, so I'm pretty overall, sure. I'm pretty sure in a f- some future episodes we'll be revising our. Oh yeah, we'll be talking about fourth ed. I'm going to be writing some fourth ed material for Goodman Games, probably. I mean, I already technically yeah. have. And I will still, if you work up like a, not maybe not a one shot, but like a small campaign that we can do a few. Yeah, sessions. We'll, we'll. I mean, again, part of this is that we're unfamiliar with it unfamiliar with it and once there's some better third-party material out there some better support material and some better and once we're more comfortable with the rules i'm sure we'll we'll be just fine with it so it's just overall i feel it's trying to force you into a specific model of gaming a specific type of adventure a specific type of campaign and i just that's not that's it does that model very very well it's just if you want to do something out outside of that model, you're kind of SOL. So. Yeah. Just say shit out of luck, man. Well, I like SOL. Fine. I, I think it's SOL. Classic. That's the name of this. That's the name of this son. Yeah. Well, no, that's Soul. SOL. Well, no. You're just. That's how it's spelled, Ross. Well, yes. That but... that's how it's spelled. Yeah, but you don't can say. You, can you acknowledge me and tell me that that's how it's spelled? Your name is Tom, not T O M. Hi, T-O-M. How are you? Through a good part of seventh grade, it was. <laughs> really? Or they called me Mott. Just Mott? Yeah. How you M-O-T. doing, Mott? All right, that's your new name. You, you call me that, I will hurt you. I'm going to write that on the show credits. Don't. Well, you, I'm you, the one you, who you writes don't want a pe- You don't want a piece of this, Ross. <laughs> you seriously don't. Oh, we're getting off topic again. How you guys doing out there uh, listening to our banter? Not that you so. can really respond to us since this is a recording. Well, you know, they can write in emails and stuff. Well, they're not going to respond to that question right now. No, no, they aren't. That'd be cool, though. That would be creepy. I, I, I'd, be, I'd run in fear. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You'd never leave this place again. No, I'd... They would have to have a listening device, and you know we're. This is getting all kind. This is getting. This is the most retarded I think we've ever gotten on the show. This is this this tangent. <laughs> oh come this on! This is the most retarded oh, tangent. The lifespan of this show is still young. <laughs> I'm just saying, so far, you know. Oh, this, you think this is the most retarded we've ever been? Yeah, no. I, I don't. Right. You have a letter coming up. 
Yeah, I probably do. All right, we'll uh, we'll be back with Tom's letter and uh, and more retardation. Yeah. Normally, all of my letters have one purpose, and that purpose is for me to vent my ceaseless frustrations that invade my gaming experiences like the Nazi Wehrmacht with obsessive-compulsive disorder. I do this so that the frustrations don't build to the point that I shoot my RPG book collection with bullets soaked in my own blood, urine, and hate. But this time, this is not the case. In this letter, I plan to share some of my positive experiences that have shaped my growth as a human being. I believe that it was Descartes who said, Ah, fuck it. This letter will be more shit-flinging and bile-vomiting. So let it begin with a list of shitty cliches that show up in all the games that I tend to be in. First up, Assassin's Guilds. I have never understood why GMs insist on having organized groups of assassins that take contracts on a case-by-case basis. In a profession which requires you to hunt down and kill another person for a payday, why would you want a guild boss telling you who to go after and when? Take the job you can do for the pay you deserve. Oh, and by the way, GMs, don't call it the Assassin's Guild. A big building with a sign that says Assassin's Guild just smacks of a retard neurobred with no imagination. And avoid names like Black Hand or Crimson Dagger. No one is going to hear those names and think a bakery or a trendy nude restaurant. Next, enough with miniguns. I know that ever since Old Painless from Predator or the scene from Terminator 2 in which a certain Alzheimer's-suffering California governor shot up half the LAPD, miniguns have become so iconic that some GMs feel they must have, have to include them in whatever game they're doing, even Star Wars. And for the love of all that is holy and possessing a penis so small that it could fit snugly into the cap of a Bic pen, please don't roll the damage for every bullet individually. You can safely assume that 2,000 3D6 damage bullets will kill the bad guy, even if they are wearing a trench coat and sunglasses. And finally, trench coats and sunglasses. Look, I know that the Matrix has you so fucked up that, like an abused spouse, you defend it no matter how many times the cops have shown up, but that doesn't mean that trench coats and sunglasses automatically make your characters badasses. You know what they make you look like? Gamers. Gamers who are aiming for sexy cool but achieving only geek chic. Unless you are a member of an assassin's guild who carries a minigun while he wears trench coats and sunglasses. Then your penis is so huge and hard that you could beat a sperm whale into a coma. Oh, and fedoras. Don't do that. Tom, that was uh, surprisingly entertaining by uh Well, I, you know, I Although, I try to please because, you know, that's all I have. Aw. Although, you know, your bit about uh do the job you, you can for the pay you deserve. Have you been reading Ayn Rand? Are you some sort of libertarian, Tom? I guess. Does A equal A? Sure. You don't. You you didn't. I know. I really. I'm just trying to ignore what you're. You would say. you do? You, would you protest government regulation of the assassin industry? Would you support deunionization of the assassination industry? I'd say that free that free enterprise is free enterprise. Oh, so you are a libertarian. Are you voting for that most awesome of candidates in this uh, presidential election, Ron Paul? Ron Paul! <laughs> Ron Paul. Hi there, Ron Paul supporters. We're, uh... Get we, over it. We feel... Actually, yeah, we get think, over it. Uh, Ron, political philosophy was... Notwithstanding, he, his, his supporters are funny. They are. They're entertaining. Their signs are still... Although up. now they're technically supporting Bob Barr, who's polling at 2%. Whoa. Well, he's on Tied with Ralph Nader. He's on his way. I know. Anyways, they're canceling each other out. All right. So there's some cosmic justice or balance, kismic karma in the universe. I don't know. Chocolate cake, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, right. Random words. Yeah, we're we're just going to say. Anyways, shout outs. Uh, We had some shout outs. Anyways, uh, first off, I have a graphical roguelike. Roguelikes, of course, like Dungeon Crawl, the video game where you create a character, go in the dungeon, and die, and then there's no. Die constantly. 
Yeah, and you can't if your character dies, your save game is erased because that's how hardcore it is. This is called Alona. This is actually a Japanese uh, roguelite with graphics that's been translated into English by fans, and um, you can kill monsters, you can die, you can have pets, and you can marry your pets. You can have children with your pets. <laughs> You can uh, uh, die randomly in a lot of ways, although you do. You come are going to have the link to this up then. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, what, Mary Pell? Oh, yeah. I'm going to marry Mr. Bear. I'm going to name him Ron Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty entertaining. I haven't played it very much, but it's uh, pretty bizarre and violent. And uh, so, yeah, there's that. So That's my what's first it, What's it called? It's Alona. Alona U? No. Alona U. Just alone, Tom. I'm racist. I'm stereotyping Japanese people. Yeah, I, I, I saw that, Tom. I, I see well, what you're. I've doing. seen that shirt you have. Well, uh, yeah, that that's how they actually pronounce it in Japan. Alona would be pronounced Alona. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we're just being. Yeah. Anyways, uh, who's next? What's next? You got one? Yeah, I got one. Uh, actually, yeah. D- another DVD box set I bought. Yeah. The complete series of Kids in the Hall. Wow. I'll have to borrow some of those. I love that show from the moment, from when it first came out on HBO in the early 90s. It is pretty entertaining, I have to tell uh, you. Yeah, I... uh, I'm crushing your head! I'm crushing crushing your head! head. I am crushing... Oh, no! uh. Yeah. Uh, I was actually crushing Tom's head, in case you didn't... I'm I'm crushed. Yeah. Your head is. Indeed. Anyways. So, So, uh, yeah, that... I'm so glad they... That was released a long time ago, but I... It was a pussy. Finally got around to it. I was a pussy. I didn't buy it. And Best Buy actually had a copy. I found one buried in the back behind some other stuff. <laughs> okay. It was yeah. It was actually it was buried behind a, a king. It's like King of the Hill stuff. Okay. That that's almost ironic. I think. Well, they sim kids king. But the thing is that like the lady at the checkout couldn't ring it up because it technically wasn't in their system anymore. Dude, you just found a glitch in the matrix. Deja vu. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's a thrilling story. A thrilling story of buying something in the store, Tom. I didn't think it was very thrilling, but good God, if you found it thrilling, then. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my next shout out uh, goes to the Demon Rush, a independently made video game, video game, computer game from uh, Something Awful Goon and the Something Awful Forums, and it's. It defies description. It it has Hebrew character set support, printer support, Direct X eight, Direct X nine at the same time. Has characters such as Boom Crack Tackle and Cherry Venus. And uh, there's been a fan base developing on these SA forums. I'll link to the trailer so you can see how awesome it is. There go my nipples again. Yeah. So uh, you got another one? Yeah. Pretty lame. Probably everyone in the world's about this, but the spore creature creator. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of the, like the. Well, it's gonna be, it's delayed, but here's some appetizers to tide you over till it comes out. Exactly. In 2015. Damn it. <laughs> and dude, the world's gonna end in 2012 in December. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Fucking uh, Mayans. It'll be like that Twilight Zone episode where there'll be one guy left. It's like it's done. It's and done. Then, then, my, then your glasses will break because it'll be you. Oh. And then it'll be just like that's not fair. Snap! I hate that. Yeah, I know, but that's gonna that's good. That's a pretty crappy apocalypse. Yeah. Well, what can it? What what can you do? Anyways. But yeah, this it's fun. I'm I'm a huge well as you know I'm a huge fan of monsters and games, movies, books. Yeah. And I've you know I didn't design penis creatures, which <laughs> tends to be you you kind of need to do that apparently. Well, that's uh, judging from pictures on the internet, that seems to be the common. Thing. But I did not do penis creatures. No, no wang monsters. No. Okay. Though I did do like, I, did, I did do like the land shark from Saturday Night Live, though you know walking shark. Though I found I someone beat me to that by like three weeks. Yeah. So I I was gonna post I was even gonna post it on YouTube, and then I saw that guy's like, fuck you. <laughs> Every nice. like, I wasn't even trying to steal it. Yeah. And by proxy, I stole it. Oh, poor Tom. Well, poor you me. can independently create things. Don't you understand? Don't you understand anything? Half the time, no, not really. Okay, just like this show. It's really just bullshit, bullshit. <sighs> Anyways, um, so what's next? Uh, oh yeah, lastly, we I have one more, and that's scuba diving, the Cayman Islands. That's a great 
thing you should do. Try Speaking out. Speaking of land sharks? Yes. Well, I didn't see any sharks. I saw a stingray, though. So octopus. I actually got to meet an octopus. Touch uh, it. Say know. hello? Yeah. Basically, it's night dive. You know, they're considered about, the, I think, the third most intelligent animal in the world. Seemed pretty smart. It just chilled out, changed colors. Yeah. I think besides the dolphin and the parrot. I'm getting some photos. Uh, a friend of mine had a big old giant underwater camera mount and things. He took some photos of me diving, so I'll post those on the site so you can see how great so, of a diver uh, I am. So you met an octopus, huh? That's, yeah. that's gorgeous. And sea turtles. And sea turtles. Yeah. And fish. There's fish in the water, Tom. There's some monsters in the school. <laughs> another uh, catchphrase we have. Uh, another inside joke. Of course, finally we have anecdotes. Everyone's, well, probably not your favorite, but no. guess what? It's part of the show, so deal with it. Uh, we got some first from a viewer of ours, a uh, little fan, Alex Green. Well, not little, but, you know, he's... Well, we, we, haven't, seen he's, we haven't seen pictures or anything. No, I, he, he's on Facebook, Tom. Oh, is he? He's on the Facebook well, is his height listed? No, but it looks normal. Send us your height so we can know if we can call you little or not. Well, that's then again, sort of then demeaning. Comparing to Ross, everyone's taller than he is. No. He's I'm, just a little guy. I'm five foot ten, Tom. That's... <laughs> yeah, I know. You suck. No, that's... that's I'm 6'4". Kind of... Well, you're taller than average, Tom. You see how that works? You call me a freak now? I guess. It's on, Ross. <laughs> it's okay. You and me. All right. I didn't know that uh, uh, anything shorter than six foot four was little. When the revolution comes, you will not be spared. Well, I see, Tom. So, anyways, Alex writes, It happened four years ago, on a Thursday night, when some friends called me over to help them drink all the beer they had brought, uh, bought. Having to work the next morning at 8.30, I thought I'd drop by, live two blocks away, and have one just one beer before going to bed. Around 3 a.m., after having played various drinking games with them and having drunk my share, one of them pulled out an RPG manual. Have in mind that I have a lot of trouble piecing together the evening, so uh, don't ask me which game it was. Anyways, so don't ask me what game it was. Um... Each of us created our own characters, one after the other. First, my friend Matt decided to play a sociopath ninja. Then the other friend barely opened the manual before he chose to play as Paladin, Protector of Heaven. We're, we're French Canucks, French Canadians, so I'm translating here. I guess it could have been translated as Paladin, Guardian of the Skies, whatever is cheesier. I, I, I would say Guardian of the Heavens, but yeah. anyways... Uh, he didn't even have a name. He just spurted that. Uh, and then, after considering playing a grave digger, I believe it was class, I thought, hey, I've never played a dwarf before. I will be dwarf, guardian of the skies, thinking it was cool and all. Then I managed to get the GM to agree that I could shoot fire out of my eyes. The compromise being that it didn't cause any damage. <laughs> Throughout the game, we all decided to draw our own character, and the ninja decided to cut out his ninja drawing with scissors and wave it about while describing himself using cool ninja moves. The story was, of course, incoherent, but I recall these two scenes. All right, you're in a harbor. There are ships around. Well, I look at the ships. Anything interesting? Okay, you fall in the water. <laughs> what? But I didn't jump on them. Well, do you have a rope? Well, no. Well, you die. Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> a few minutes later. Since I'm a guardian of the skies and heavens and all that, can I resurrect? Uh, yeah, sure. Not much later in the game, the pub was attacked by my lizard man controlled by some douchebag with an amulet. Me and the other protector of, well, whatever we were... Slashing them while the ninja stole the guy's amulet. All right, now you control the lizard. Yes, I'll take over the world. I don't mind, watch. I send my lizard after the dwarf. Oh, yeah, well, I fucking shoot fire out of my eyes. <laughs> Two giant flames lash out of the dwarf's eyes and hit the lizardman square on. The lizardman yells, expecting pain, but then realizes that the fire doesn't harm him. Aha! But, although lizardman don't know that, they got scared as shit and ran away from the city, never to be seen again. Ah! I don't remember anything past that. I finally left at 4.30 in the morning. I was still very drunk when I woke up 9.30 the next day and an hour late for work. I don't think a single dice was rolled that night. By the way, I love to put gore in my games. I had one of my players get an arm ripped off by a giant mutant spider. It got replaced by a cybernetic arm with guns. Another had his eyes melt when a lizard mutant spit acid in his face, replaced by another cybernetic device. Yet another had a right foot 
toes bitten off and a week later lost the upper half to a gigantic reptilian monster. Sadly, the lower half didn't survive long after that either. My first game was a playtest where the two players knew they wouldn't survive. One succumbed to a virus, puked his guts out before falling off a 30-foot wall, and the other got crushed by a mech warrior uh, foot. That's only one campaign. And the thing is, as I told you, the system is like D&D, not Call of Cthulhu, except I make the damage real. I don't get a complaint to this day, so I consider the game a success. I haven't played Call of Cthulhu yet, but I appreciate how the players are very human in it and won't be busting down doors and playing RPG games like a first-person shooter. Uh, So what are the goriest deaths you both experienced as a player and inflicted as a GM? So, uh... I still got troubles picturing how Tom kills this player, if he really does. I need to know. So, anyways, we, uh, that's, uh, from, of course, Alex. You know, I have to Canada. say, uh, sociopathic ninja. Sociopath ninja, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, doesn't sound like me at all. You know? <laughs> Mr. El Disgusto. No, no, although, honestly, the idea of drawing up the ninja, cutting it out with scissors, and waving it around, <laughs> and while describing the various cool ninja moves you do, demonstrating the cool ninja moves you do, that that sounds like a game mechanic I can get behind. I could support a whole RPG where you wave around paper cutouts of your character <laughs> and illustrate how your character does very cool things. I can see that. I, I, I'm going to design that game. Okay, then. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Awesome! Anyways. But as for bloody deaths... Gory deaths. Gory deaths, okay. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any gory deaths that you Mass saw? Mass Lothotep, obviously. Uh, I never uh, lost a character through death. Mine was all insanity. Well, that's... Yeah, that's true. Well... No, I didn't lose one through. You death. killed characters, though. Well, sure, I killed them. Yeah, the kill the this the goriest death I inflicted as a game master was uh, one of the players who stabbed you know during the African temple right. uh, encounter stabbed the priestess with the spear or whatever. So he was torn apart by thousands of screaming cultists and hunting horror at the same time. Or and he was eaten by the child of Nyarlathotep. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was pretty a horrifying death. And then obviously some players were consumed by Shoggoths. Oh yeah, there's and the fog ow, monster. Ah, acid. Yeah. Yeah. So um, any player deaths you've experienced in other games or? Uh, well, uh, I've inflicted, inflicted. I've inflicted some. Oh yeah. Suffering. I didn't suffer a gory death, but I, I suffered a horrific death once. Oh yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah, actually, it was in a uh, it was in a uh, foundry. Okay. So of course you know all kinds of ways to. Uh, what uh, what game was this? Uh, this was a uh, Ninjas and Super Spies. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't playing a ninja. <laughs> if I was a sociopath ninja, I yeah. probably would have survived this. But as it was, some ninja, it was like an evil ninja, hit the catwalk I was on, and I, f- I, f- they got the GM said you, you really, really, really need to make this roll, <laughs> and it came up. What do you think it came up? Not high, a one. Or was it a percentile check? No, it was a it was a uh, it was a uh, d twenty check. Natural one. Natural two. Oh. Yep. I only needed a five or higher. <laughs> but, Don't you hate it when the odd like it's it's just gonna a really easy roll you still blow it and you still die. Yeah. So what I fell into was not like a vat of you know molten steel like you would think. Yeah. What I fell into was the conveyor belt which had the metal casting presses on it. Oh. And I was right in, and then they started coming down, casting me. Wow. So you didn't die on impact. You you lived a little. Oh, I, f- I survived the fall. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think I I think I suffered I suffered half my uh, SDC in damage, but then the casting molds came down. Wow. That was a who who ran that? Uh, it was uh, not Jared, but it was one of the groups from high school. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. And of course, he he made sure you know he he made he made very clear that the la- and it was only the last one that finally hit my head. But I was alive right up until that last one. Were hit. you in the first Yakuza game, the one that ended in a TPK? Yeah, dude, I was the leader of the team. Yeah, how'd you die in that one? I was just I was gunned down. Okay, gunned down. Still yeah, good death. Just gunned down. Inflicting death, I did actually. I inflicted a uh, heavy machinery death on somebody. Oh yeah. Uh, have you seen the uh, the? We read the Stephen King short story or seen the movie The Mangler? Yeah. 
I've I've heard of it. I yeah. I I killed someone that way. Wow. And I was I was doing the thing probably the merciful thing like I was telling him over and over before he did this. You're sure you want to try this? Oh. It is extremely dangerous. And and yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah. I got I got I'm, I'm really awesome at this. Are you sure? He's like, <laughs> I like okay. Make your roll. Just so you know, if you if you roll lower than a it was lower than a seven. Bad things happen. He's like, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got this. Three. <laughs> some in some ways those are the best best deaths because mm-hmm. they're so there's nothing the, the players so totally screwed himself mm-hmm. that there's like you, I didn't even yeah, it's one of those I didn't even say, sorry man, I just yeah, give me that sheet. <laughs> I, I I actually I didn't tear it up, I just like okay, I just stuffed it in my folder, he's done. Wow, nice, nice. I like that. Uh, so yeah, those are just a few of the gory yeah, or, deaths. No, I no, I remember I said, yeah, your character, flat as its character sheet now. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. uh, nice. So uh, those are just some of the gory deaths we've inflicted and experienced. Um, of course, I, I think the, uh, as a, I don't get to play that much. I haven't died that much. Uh, last death I think I really experienced as a character was falling off the zeppelin last year. So. Which. The look of joy on your face was yeah, wonders to behold. That was pretty fun. I mean, we were, it was like, what, about not that, this, that was about 12.30 at night yeah, in yeah. the game. Oh, there were four hours left, and I just took over the last NPC soldier. So, yeah, it was good times. Good times by all. All right. So, uh, yeah, those are some of the gory deaths we've uh, felt over the uh, yeah, years. Yeah, got to remember that game that... None of us, none of us, dared to actually do a funny German accent because one of the players was actually German. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. And you know, Scott Glancy, we'll be running some games at Gen Con. Maybe awesome. we can actually record one. Yeah. That would be a coup. That would, would be awesome. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Of course, he's playtesting new adventures, so he might not want to release the material. Exactly. Either. So, anyways, we you have some other anecdotes, don't you? Yeah, just a, uh, just a quick one. All right. This once again involves the duo of David and Aaron. Aaron being the doormat, David being the psycho. Yeah. It was a situation, it was, it was my Iron Age uh, units and masterminds game. One session we were doing, they were storming, they were trying to get on board a ship in the harbor of Freedom City that they suspected was a weapon smuggling ship that had a nuclear device on it. All right. So, and they went in with a team of SAS who. The SAS, of course, the, these were military people that did not like heroes. Who said, "If you must come along, remember this is the captain of the team said this is my command. You follow my orders." And like all around, like okay, like all right, we'll follow your orders. They so they got to the shipyard and found it crawling with armed with armed thugs. The SAS guy told them to wait here. We'll reconnoiter and we'll we'll call you in when the we, when the coast is clear. Aaron, playing a character used to doing things on his own, goes off on his own. And shit happens while he's gone, and the captain's wondering, you know, trying to reach him, trying to reach him to find out where where he is. He doesn't answer. When he finally gets back with them, I have him make a quick notice roll, which he doesn't do well at. <laughs> and as he doesn't notice just as the captain comes up to him and smashes him across the face with the butt of his MP5. And in his, I actually got right in Aaron's face, in yeah. as the SAS guy is saying, "If you ever disobey my orders again, I will shoot you right here." <laughs> and the look on his face was so surprised that I said that to him. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, and that... he t- and then he tried to argue with the captain of the SAS team. Wow. So, did the character die? Was this another gory death? Or no, was... I had one of the other SAS guys, one of the you know enlisted guys, just go up and say, "Yeah, you know, like he's like, dude, let it go. Yeah. Seriously, just stop talking right now." <laughs> uh, how many? What power level was the captain compared? And what was Aaron's? Aaron's was power level ten. Yeah. But all of his abilities, he would—he didn't have any powers. He was all training and non-lethal weapons. I see. And the captain had a had an MP5 in his face. Ah, uh, so it would have killed him. Yeah, and it's Iron Age, so all the damage everyone with guns is doing is lethal. I see. Interesting. And it was also I, another part of that. David, who was playing the psycho cyborg. He doesn't think I'm actually going to kill him. So yeah. when I inflicted enough damage to actually kill him on on his character, yeah, he was also he also had that look of surprise. Just, <laughs> how can I be almost dying? I, I forgot to take regeneration. I'm actually in danger of dying here. <laughs> nice, nice. It was 
Good, good game. The little warm, fuzzy moment for the the for GM. me. Mm-hmm. All right. So, because uh, now that we have the uh, digital voice recorder, we might be getting or field recorder, we might be getting the uh, some actual play sessions from you, Tom. Yeah, actually, my uh, friend from Seattle has come back for th- for about three weeks. We'll be doing some of our his own game system, which I actually happen to lot really like the one where you can make your own worlds and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, uh, he'll be doing one, and I'll be doing some that I run in the system. So. I'll record some of those from that from that game the game right. system in that group. So of course, uh, last but certainly not least, we'd like to give a big shout out to the Bear Swarm podcast for uh, Rob and Mike for playing with us D and D fourth ed game. We'll have the actual play session up pretty soon, uh, but they were good sports about it. Absolutely, yeah. crammed yeah. into a small room with us for a length of time like that. Yeah, and uh, of course, obviously. Uh, they could put up with my initiative, Alexia, my total in- inability to remember everyone's action for each turn. So that was... Well, I'm sure they'll forgive you eventually. Yeah, so uh, we'll put a link up to the though. podcast, and we'll be talking with them, probably doing some more collaboration on future podcasting goodness with them in the future, because they've got more microphones than we do, so well, that's, that's a big asset. We, we will overcome. Yes. And, of course, Metagames Unlimited for having that awesome room in the back where we can play that truly isolates you from everyone else yeah soundproofed and everything it's 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 pretty k-rad absolutely so uh again this has uh, been episode 18 and uh the fourth ed rundown this is ross payton here dom church as well all right we'll see you next time